And we're back. You're listening to Paranorthwest, a podcast about all things paranormal here in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. I am your host, Eric. I'm Shayla. And I'm Cheyenne. Cheyenne, I feel like you have a special someone in the studio today that is going to be joining us on this episode. And he joined us last night on a, cre- on a creepy investigation. Yeah, honestly, um, first of all, this man is the love of my life. Yeah. And also, he knows some really awesome spots, especially on his reservation. Um, so, shout out to Solomon Brooks. Um A.K.A. Elk Daddy, Ooh. A.K.A. Snores When He Sleeps, Oh, and any other A.K.A.s you may know him by. Solomon was like, uh, I know a spot, and then he takes you to a haunted residential school, and that's where we went last night. And uh, Sol, introduce yourself real quick, tell us, about, uh, tell us about you, you know, in a quick like two to eight minute brief about your life, maybe four hours. I really don't care, I could hear you talk forever. <laughs> Because I just love this guy, and uh, just let us know like where we went, where you know uh, the stories that you've heard about the place, and why is it important to you? You know, like this place has had obviously had a big impact on your life because it's your home. So, you know, everyone out there has like urban stories and urban legends about where they live and all that. But the difference is, is that the things that happened at this place are documented, well documented, and they're worse than anything that you guys could come up with. So, Saul, take it away. Hi, my name is Solomon Brooks. Um, I'm from the Cobbler Reservation. I grew up there. Um, I went to the St. Mary's Mission, um, like the Pasco Sherman Indian School is right around the St. Mary's Mission, and that's where we went and investigated. Um, I grew up there. I went to school there, probably kindergarten to first grade, so pretty young. But my grandma, Loretta Watt, is a storyteller, and she would tell stories there at the Pasco Sherman Indian School. And she never really talked much about St. Mary's Mission, but I imagine it's a pretty traumatic experience. Um, As I got older, I realized what St. Mary's Mission was and why it was so terrible, and they were just, like, stripping Native Americans of their culture, converting them to Christians. As I got older, I asked. I started asking questions, and I mean, she has stuff to talk about. Not, <clears throat> not that I have a lot to share about it necessarily, but it was a pretty traumatic story or pr- traumatic part of her life. Absolutely, and I feel like it was traumatic for everyone that had to experience that uh, as Native American children, and they just had to go through that. And for anyone that don't know. The boarding schools, this is as they say, were designed to remove children from their families, from their families uh, by force, and place them with quote unquote educators that suppress them of their culture, their language, their beliefs. Um, While this was going on, they unfortunately underwent um, severe abuse, um, just terrible, terrible abuse. Yeah, it was more of like an indoctrination camp. You know, they took they took these people and just destroyed what made them them. You know, like just dismantled them completely and tried to turn them into something that they wanted. 
So their whole motto was kill the Indian, save the man. So they literally, I mean, did some terrible things to them. They, there's now stories coming out, which a lot of the indigenous people all over the U.S. and Canada have known about this for years. But they basically would rape, molest them, impregnate them, beat them. Um, there are so many babies that are now being found in unmarked graves that they just killed and left. And this is all under the guise of, like, Catholicism. Like, oh, we're doing the right thing. You guys don't know what you're doing. You, you, your practice is evil. And they show them how good they are and how good their ways are by murdering them and raping them. Like, okay, who's the evil one here? And in reality, so many children never returned home. Oh, yeah. Just to give you the seriousness of what the indigenous people went through. So, as Solomon was saying, he has people in his family that were unfortunately placed into these boarding schools, as well as Cheyenne and I's family. Our grandmother was a residential school survivor, and all of her siblings, so our aunties and uncles, are also um, survivors as well. Yeah, so this is like a, a really, this is like a really rough investigation too, though. Like, I feel like everyone was heightened going into it because it meant so much to everyone. And Cheyenne prayed for all of us. Like, she said a prayer before we went in there. And it was, like, (laughs) it was really intense. And I was, like, oh, my God, I've never felt this way before we went into an investigation. And it's just kind of, you know, we always try and nail down the point of just you need to respect these places that you go to, whether whether it's on a reservation or not. But these are actual lives that you're speaking with. And these are actual like real real lives took place there. It's not just a oh let's go here, let's destroy this place, let's just fuck around and all that. Like that's that's disgusting and if you're about that then you can just turn off this fucking episode and just not listen to us again cuz we're not about it. Okay? We're here for respect and whether that be on a res or not, like you need to respect people's lives and what they went through. All right, heavy parts over. Now let's get to the investigation. <laughs> All right, Cheyenne, you want to give us a little history of this specific place? Yeah. What, when was this? Well, okay, so it, let's give a little imagery for the folks. We roll in. It's a dark night. Cheyenne's farting because she's nervous. As I do. Yeah. Normal. <laughs> That's how we can tell how scared she is. <laughs> um, okay, so the St. Mary's Mission building, it was founded in 1886. So good God, yeah, it's and it's still standing, yeah. Well, yeah, we're obviously barely, I mean, (laughs) but it is, yeah, yes, it is. Um, I mean, and they continued all the way from what the 80s of 1980s, right around there, yeah. Well, past that, because we saw 90. Yeah, we saw, like, stuff with 96 on it, 1996. And so this place was actually founded before Washington State itself because Washington State was founded in 1889. Yeah. So this is, like, if anyone's thinking, like, oh, why didn't the government step in? First of all, it was the government. Second, there was no state here officially recognized by the United States. So, like, this stuff happened way before 
like our written history, which is another reason why a lot of these things are just now getting found out now because people are really delving into it and finding out, you know, all these terrible atrocities that are happening. And with like social media and all that, people are actually spreading the word about it. Right. But yeah, I mean, we walked up to the building and it was like decrepit and the windows are like smashed out and it had a creepy feel. It had like one of those amber uh, lights out front, like those old street lights. It was a vibe, definitely. Saul tried to warn us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he doesn't really do this stuff, which is funny. Cause like, no. He's just like, uh, you know, I know a creepy place. And apparently he knows the creepiest fucking place. Okay, so <laughs> next time he's like, I know a place. I'm be like, all right, well, let me, let me really think about this before we see what we're getting into. So we went into the school building. There's a ton of buildings um, on the the property but we didn't get to explore all of them so we're hoping to go back sometime um and then there is a cemetery just across the the way yeah and this place is also like i don't know 18 hours north somehow (laughs) somehow we drove for six days (laughs) and finally reached it we i did not know how far this place was we left here like what 8 30 and we got there and we investigated for like two hours, and by the time we got home, it was five a.m. Yeah. So th- this was a this was a quite an adventure, which I'm I was stoked to go on, and we'll definitely be going back. But yeah, you you roll up to the joint, and it's giving it's giving Exorcist vibes. You know, like that, yeah. like the uh, the picture on the front of the Exorcist, like VHS, mm-hmm. where it's like foggy, and there's like that one light. That's like right when we stepped out of the truck, I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, well, (laughs) we're doing it. So, Saul, how did you feel like once we got in the building? Like what what did you feel like? I was I was very nervous because I've heard stories about there being ghosts in here. I don't like things I can't see or touch. (laughs) Like I can't fight myself away from. So it was definitely a creepy vibe. Yeah, I feel like we were all feeling creepy. Um, Did you have any other feelings? Like, did you feel, you know, ill or tired or overwhelmed or any sort of any of those kinds of feelings while you were in there? Um, Yeah, the uh, the room we stopped in, we turned the spirit talker on. When we were all feeling that way, I was also feeling that way, like unbalanced, uneasy. Yeah, what about you, Eric? How were you feeling during that time? When we rolled up? Yeah, and while we were investigating. Oh, I had, like, the the weird cold sweats. Like, I had the really uncomfies, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. There were times where I was, like, full of fucking adrenaline, too, because I swear to God there was someone in there. Like, there were so many sounds. And just, like, you know when you feel like someone's watching you? Or, like, someone's about to get your ass. It had real haunted house vibes where, like, you know someone's around the corner. And you're like, fuck, all right, let's just, let's just get it over with. Let's just go see what it is then, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was like, yeah, I don't know. It sounded like there was someone in there. And all of us heard that. And we were like oh my God, someone's in here. And then we seen like, it looked like, because there was a ton of debris on 
the floor and it looked like there was had been like footprints that went through yeah i saw that and right when we walked in the, the first room was all the rooms were fucking weird in their own way too and they were really silent hill vibes it was know? huge yeah it was like decrepit and like shit was peeling off the walls and i stepped over something and then i heard a bunch of buzzing and i thought i stepped in a wasp's nest but it was just a dead squirrel it was just flies that came out so i mean that was that added to the ambiance yeah (laughs) which was super tight but yeah i felt like i feel like i felt every emotion in there except for happy i wasn't really happy yeah no but like sick and like kind of angry at times just to see like what this was and obviously scared out of my fucking gourd you know no kidding that's some, that's some of the most scared I've been on an investigation just because it was like, at one point, we, we all heard a sound and I looked one way and I thought, I could have sworn it came from that way and I look at Saul and Saul's pointing the exact opposite way down the hallway and he's like, it came from over there. I was like, no, it didn't. Don't say that. It had to have come over here. There's no way it's making sounds all over us. Yeah. And during the time that we did like that little, our mini little session yeah um in like the kitchen or whatever that was yeah, i think it was a kitchen i think so too i started feeling like my throat was like wanting to like close on like my throat was getting super super tight Ooh. and then while we were in the classroom you know yeah. the bigger room yeah yeah i started feeling ill like I start, I felt like I was gonna throw up. Like my mouth started salivating. And it said what, like stomach issues or something? Yeah, yeah, the, I felt sick. Yeah, the the spirit box or spirit talker said stomach issues. We got some really different words on the spirit talker too. So why don't you tell them what they are, Shayla? So right when we walked in, it said, "Are you afraid?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were like, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, "No shit, dude." Um, yeah, it kept bringing up stomach problems, stomach, um, scared. Then it started saying really disturbing things like kiss and um, daddy, yeah, baby. And then it would say things like, I'm in the corner, don't tell people, like don't tell anyone, yeah. secrets, all that. And one of the two weirder things, first of all, that we got was um, be quiet and listen. Yeah. Like, like there are very assertive words coming through. Yeah. And like someone uh, like in a position of authority almost was like telling you what to do. Yeah. Like still trying to silence us. Yeah. And it was almost like uh, thinking about it now with the are you afraid? It's almost like a, an authority figure mocking you, too. Like, oh, are you afraid? Oh, yeah. Like, talking down to you, almost. <sighs> yeah. And I was like, yo, come out here, bitch. I'll smack yeah. the shit out of you. And during the time, literally, when it said the word daddy. Yeah. That's when I was kind of tapping in a bit. And I was like, I'm getting a male. Yeah. In his 30s. You know? Like, I was tapping in, and it was kind of, uh, in a way, uh, validating yeah. what I was saying. Because that was you said that right before it said daddy. Yeah. You were like, I'm, I'm I'm, getting like an older male, like authority figure. And then it was like, daddy. And we were all like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then we started getting um, like religious 
things that they were saying. So it was saying things like the devil is here, um, satanic, uh, what else? My bones, angel, uh, they killed us. Okay, so we got the devil is here a few different times. Yeah. Um, and then it was like someone was trying to, like, caution us. So it would be like, you know, be cautious or say things like that. And then they were asking about, um, like, where are my ashes? Where are my bones? It kept saying stuff in reference to, like, the land and people living there. Yeah, and when we went into the, when we did our, like, mini session in that kitchen, there were boxes of female condoms everywhere. Yeah, and that really grossed me out. Which was weird, and they were, like, old, old. and there were open ones on the ground, like, yeah. used. And I'm like, this is a children's school. Yeah. It's not like someone was there in the last, even, like, 20 years using those. These These things were were old as hell. Well, and Saul, didn't you say when we had asked you about like the ages of the kids, you said they were like really young, right? It's not like they were in like high school or anything. Yeah, I want to say they were mostly younger kids. They were trying to strip them of their knowledge before they got too involved with their parents. Yeah. Yeah, because all of the like schoolwork and all that kind of stuff, they were all like little well, and Saul was having connections to the actual place because he picked up a yearbook that was still in there and was like, hey, that's my cousin. Like, that's, I know this kid. And so it, I noticed Solomon's vibe change from like scared in the beginning to like inquisitive to like almost somber by the end. And he took a bunch of like paperwork with him because it's like, this is, this is his home. This is connect, like direct connections that he can see on paper to this. So it's like, and he even made the statement. He was like, I wish they'd, you know, clean this place up and, you know, like, like fix it up. So it, it doesn't have to remain a terrible place. Like you can reclaim that place and use it for your, you know, for a good purpose now. You know, was, was that kind of like what you're what you're feeling? Like it doesn't have to remain negative. Like we could take this back and make it something good. Yeah, because it's like there's just boxes of packing peanuts everywhere, all over the ground, spray paint on the walls, weird little items everywhere, like the keyboards, the film stuff, old newspapers, and we were seeing stuff back from like '94, I believe, was the oldest thing I saw in there. Yeah, and the weird thing is, one of the th one of the things that Solomon decided to pick up, which something that caught my eye the first thing, it was a newspaper, but it was talking about Satan. That's the weird part. Like, what? How did this end up here? First of all, and this is also a direct connection of the spirit talker, Satan, talking about child abuse talking about being, you know, sexually abused as, you know, young adults. And it's just a, it's a weird connection on why that would get there. And I was looking at it on our way to Shailen Eric's and it came all the way from Seattle, this newspaper. Like it had a name on it, like someone's name, address. It said Seattle. 
so weird. I, I don't understand how it got there. I don't know. And in the picture, it has like a, it has bats with a man's face on it. Yeah, like bats with men's face on it. Yeah. We'll have to take some pictures and um, post them to Pair Northwest and you guys can see what we're viewing. It's just this whole thing is like, I don't know. This investigation was less just like, ooh, let's go get scared and see what it is and turned into more like, like what can we do to help or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Like a lot of that stuff is so unknown still. Yeah, you don't know what. Because even after we moved past that room, like the packing peanuts and like the, the pictures of the kids' faces on the floor, when we moved past there, um, we were walking down that hallway and there was like that little girl's underwear on the side. Yeah. And I'm just like, and we, t- so just so everyone knows, we took like an hour's worth of video at this location. So we'll edit that. It'll be part of our reservation series that we're doing um, just to kind of shed light on things. And like we always say, every investigation is totally different because I'm sure you can tell by our voices on this one that this one is a little more intense and a little more meaningful and as you know compared to the Spokane reservation where we come back and we're like excited as hell because we're scared as fuck about the whole thing you know yeah and also here's a little bit more information for you um this comes from Indian country today there was a woman um who had taught there between 1966 and 1967 She had absolutely no idea that any of this was going on behind closed doors. She was an art teacher. Her name was Joe. Her name is Jodine Grundy. Um, And she had received this letter that had all this information in it stating this is what happened while, you know, the school was open, all this abuse. And one of the names in the letter was. Uh, Joseph Obersinner, and he was the priest, one of the priests. Doing it? Yes. And she had admired him. Like No. Yeah, like she didn't know when this was happening. How? I, right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So, uh, yeah. I'm getting doubt. Yeah. And she still has pictures of what these little kids would draw her. The little kids loved her. Like, I... You know, I think that's because she had maybe a better intention than they would braid her hair for. And, you know, they really liked being with her. Um, So she still has some of those. So when she had went out with Oberskinner, excuse me, Oberskinner. Wait. (laughs) So when she had went out with one of the excursions with Oberskinner, um when she had went into the Native Americans' homes, you know, she talked about how beautiful the uh, cradle boards are, and she even got measured for moccasins. Mm-hmm. And then Obersinner just told her, you know, they come from dysfunctional living conditions, so much abuse and alcoholism, and she just believed him. You know, he was like, we're basically saving these children. And that's what, I, yeah, that's what I was saying off the bat. It's like, oh, we know what's best. Oh, you know... Look at the squalor that they live in, but 
none of them were running to anyone to say, help us. We, our living conditions are so terrible. We hate our lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just took it upon themselves to be like, oh, oh, that's gross. Like you have a gross life. Let me fix it for you by raping you. And then in her words, she says, my sense grew rotten or my sense grew that the whole thing was rotten. And these kids were being systematically removed from their culture by this education. And in her words as well, she also says that this place is the devil. That's exactly what she says about this school. And absolutely something like that was there. Um, I have an input about the alcoholism of like the Native Americans and their living conditions. I would like to believe that the reason that alcohol is such a big problem on the reservations is because of the boarding schools. Because they're, it's an antidepressant, right? So they're just trying to drink to get the herd away. Yeah. And that's why there's so much genocidal trauma there. Absolutely. And that trauma is passed on through generations. That inner, intergenerational trauma, it just continues and continues. It's, yeah, it's terrible. It's still a huge problem on Indian land. Mm-hmm. Suicides, yeah, alcohol poisoning. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Well, Grandma always used to say that uh, the bad spirits are in the alcohol, and that's what they do when you drink them. They just take you. So after she found found out every, this everything was happened, she immediately resigned. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, the going going through this place was freaky. And just like real heavy, but <laughs> there was a bird in there, and then a bat dive bombed Cheyenne, and she Why me? pissed. Why me? <laughs> we were in this hallway where there was like I didn't even know that there were any bats or any birds in the in that hallway, and it literally come, it came out of the door that we had just walked through to get to the hallway, comes out, goes right towards Cheyenne. They're like, oh yeah, she's here. Yep, I'm gonna do it. And then when we were walking down that hallway and Solomon found those papers, I kept walking just to see, you know, what was around the corner. And I opened that door and there was like a hanging, like coveralls. Yeah, like, or like a jean jacket, like, but it was really dirty. It was like, like, um, trench coat is what it reminded me of. It gave me trench coat vibes. Yeah. And I walked in there. I remember I was like, oh my God, the smell. Because it, the whole place had kind of the same smell of just like, old brick you know mm-hmm. old building smell but when i walked in there it was like this pungent like old man like dirty dirty boy dirty dude you know like yeah it smelled like your old grandma's basement yeah. you know that smell like just, a, just a musty, musty old man's mm-hmm. neck who smokes maybe that was the priest room yeah I, I don't know but but i had cheyenne walk in there and i was like yo smell this and she, she was like you're not going to do anything, are you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm just telling you just to smell it. And she smelled it too. And I was just like, this room is, it's given me no. And there was also a bat in there flying around in circles. Yeah. And then we came across, like Solomon was talking about the showers. Yeah. So we walked through that hallway. And we we didn't even go in every room. And we were there for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, and we didn't go explore, like, the dorms or, like, 
any of that because all these people lived there. Yeah, and we only stayed on the first level, too. Yeah. There's a second level, but that place is kind of decrepit. Like, I wasn't... Trying to fall through the ceiling. Yeah, I was like, like Solomon said, we should go back during the day and check it out and then kind of pick our rooms and be like, let's hit here, let's hit there. I think that's a good idea, especially with a drive that far. It'd be a good to plan, but I'm definitely down to go back again. And, like, no one bothered us. No one... I didn't see another person that whole time, like, driving up there. And, you know, we're real respectful. We don't break anything. We don't take anything except for Solomon, but that's his shit anyway. You know, and it was papers. It's not like he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to take this piano. You know? You know what? Even if he did, yeah. yeah I mean, That's I'll, his now. I'll lift it up into the truck. Yeah, I'm, land back. Yeah, piano back. Yeah, land back always. Yeah, all, all things back. Yeah. But I'm 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 stoked to go back again and to edit this video, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to go upstairs. I feel like there's some up there. I know. I I wonder how many rooms there are up there. Have you ever been up there, Solomon? Um, I've been up there. I want to say like maybe once or twice, and there are classrooms up there, and it's a lot more spooky up there. I feel like. Ooh. Is there a basement? That I don't know. I mean, we didn't come across any doors that really went downwards. But at the same no. time, I haven't gone through that whole building either. It's giving curiosity over fear. Yeah, but it was also giving I'm trying to be home before 7 a.m. Which we made it. <laughs> yeah. You guys were sleeping. <laughs> I was driving. But, okay. yeah. He had his co-pilot, don't even worry. Yeah, that's true. Shay did only sleep for like two minutes. And then she was up. I saw you sleeping. I don't even give me that face. When your eyes are closed and your mouth is open and you're going, <sighs> that's sleep. Okay. I know that face. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, let's take a break and do our, our uh, shout outs right now. And then we'll finish up with the episode after that. So uh, if you guys want to skip ahead over these shout outs, then you're not a real one. I'm going to put that out there because... These shout-outs are to support local businesses and local homies. And if you're not about that, uh, unsubscribe. Don't listen to us, okay? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So this week's shout-out is, drum roll. (laughs) Riker Morrow. Morrow. He's our listener of the week and our shout out of the week. Riker is a homie. Uh, we go back, you know, four or five years. Uh, we shot a music video together at my house where I murdered someone and drugged their body to a car and then took them down into a basement and uh, c- cut them up. It was fun. It's I'd- giving jokey vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, but he is a super, super rad dude and a very... Uh, very professional and super experienced music video director and producer. Um, So if you're in the Pacific Northwest area and you have a band or a a music venture or anything like that, hit him up. His, uh, his work is just so rad. He also, he's a photographer. He just did a photo shoot for uh, a project I'm in and he, uh, yeah, the guy is just 
so nice and so rad to work with. I really, really love his work and want want you guys to reach out to him. If anyone has any sort of media that needs to be made, it's uh, his website is moromedia, M-O-R-R-O-W-M-E-D-I-A dot myportfolio.com. And he does, you know, like I said, music videos. He does photo shoots, uh, stream videos for like your, uh, if you want to put something up on like your Instagram or your Facebook or anything like that with your music behind it, he can make that. Yeah, the guy's just, you know, I can't say enough and sing enough praises about him. You can also find him on Instagram at Riker, R-I-K-E-R, period, Morrow, M-O-R-R-O-W. Yeah, so Riker, thank you for everything. And uh, yeah, if you're listening, hit him up. Yeah, and he's also our listener of the week because he listens. Yeah, and he is... He's a supporter of the Pair Northwest. That's right. And we're back from our break. Hey. Okay, I can see it too. And now we're back from the break. Wow. (laughs) So, uh, we want to, first of all, I just want to thank Saul for being here. Yes. You know, the episode's not over, so don't get, don't pretend like you're just going to shut this off now. But I do want to, I really appreciate Saul for taking us up there and to his home. And that was Super chill of him. I got to ride on a ferry for the first time. That was chill. The lady there was odd, which, I mean, <laughs> if you're a ferry person, I mean, that's a weird job. But also shout out WS Dot for running the ferries. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Solomon, for sticking it out. You know, we also said to him, if you don't feel comfortable, we can totally, like, just, we can just leave. And you know what? He was like, no, I'm feeling okay. I'm scared, but I'm okay. And I'm like, that's my man right there. Because the two sexiest things are... Consent and safety. Right, Woo-hoo. right. And he was consenting the whole time. He probably didn't feel the safest, but, <laughs> I mean, it would, he was consensual. So, Saul, I just wanted to ask you real quick, um, give us, like, a rundown on your res. Like, have you ever seen anything? What are the stories behind it? Uh, everyone has, you know things that their family passes down or anything like that. What do you, what do you have with that land? Um, I'm going to start from like when I grew up. So like camping stories I've heard, um, stuff of that nature. So the first stuff I could think of is like, I'm probably 12 years old and we're out camping. And my dad's telling me the story about the water babies. <clears throat> Scary. Right. So we're sitting around the campfire and he's like, um, the water babies, what they do is they'll cry. They'll be on like the creek shoreline. So if you go down there at the night and you hear a baby crying and you go try to pick it up, the baby's going to pull you in and take you. So a lot of my life, I don't go play in the water at night. That's not a thing I do. <laughs> Just like the non-whistling at night, it's not something we do. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so I have to ask you just really, really quick, okay. So um, one of our friends, Kiani, that we work with, she is, um, her family is also over, uh, some of them on the reservation over there by Omac, and she was, like, telling me um, some stories, and she was telling me that a lot of 
um, like the traditions and stuff revolve around like time. Like she would say like, oh, her grandmother would tell her like, oh, you can't go out past this time. Otherwise, you know, something will follow you home or things like that. Um, I could definitely see something like that. But for me personally, I grew up hunting a lot. <clears throat> Sometimes that entailed walking out of the woods at night. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I mean, we just, yeah, again, we just didn't whistle. Um, out in the mountains, I like to sound like a human, so nothing's going to attack me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just walking out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my man's got two guns, you know. <laughs> One on His each arms. side. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the the stick Indians, which I don't know. I don't like. I don't feel comfortable saying that on the res, but I'm off the res, so <laughs> we take risks. <laughs> we normally refer to them as the SIs. Remember, remember that. When we're there. Yeah, when we're there. Like I'm, I'm not on the res. I wouldn't even say SIs on the res. Oh jeez. I keep it out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at night. Because there is like little stories of stick Indians like throwing stuff at cars or like if you're out in the woods, they'll do that whistle thing, which is a very scary thing. I wouldn't want to be there like you guys were in that last. Wait, so they really do whistle like that's a thing? That's a thing. I believe that's a thing. Like if you whistle at them, they'll whistle back and then you don't want to be Oh, God. And that's confirmation, folks, that we got whistled at by the SIs. Yo, real quick, if you want to get jumped on the res, just whistle at night, and all the people around you will beat the fuck out of you. The res dogs will come after you, too. <laughs> Do you have any other sort of encounters that, or even you or family members or anything like that that's happened to you, or no? Not really with the SIs, per se, like... We just know of them. I don't know any stories personally. There's more stories like on him, the Bigfoot. Again, I'm off the res. I feel a little more comfortable saying that. On the res, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, when my dad was younger, he was fishing there um, in Keller on the Sampwell River, creek, whatever. Big creek, sometimes river. Um, he was out fishing and he was fishing there for a little bit with like his brother and then all of a sudden this big old rock came flying at him like a boulder like not something a human can throw and they took that as a sign to get out of there yeah I would too <laughs> I would too that's they're smart we're smart people <laughs> we know when to leave <laughs> um, he's also had other encounters like out hunting in the middle of the night not middle of the night that sounds bad but like walking out in the middle of the night, thinking his brother's right around the corner, and he sees this figure, because he doesn't have flashlights, because he just got his bow packing around. Um, and he sees this figure in front of him, and he thinks it's his brother, so he's like talking to it, talking to it, and then the figure like runs. And he's like, that wasn't my brother. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think here. Did he say, did it, did it look like his brother? He said it, it looked like a person. Yeah. And you in know, the middle of the woods. that's weird. This kind of reminds me and dates back to when 
Shayla and Eric were in the mountains and they thought that they saw, what, Grandma or Eric thought he saw you. Do you, rem you guys don't remember that story? There was, yeah, well, there was a time, actually, it wasn't even that long ago, Eric and I just went up to um, go pick some red willow up, where were we, in Idaho, on a mountain, and... Was it in Boyer? Yeah, it was in Boyer, I think, and I seen, this was so weird, I seen this woman, and, like, I thought it was, I thought it was Grandma, but it wasn't. And, but it like, it was like a weird glitch looking thing. I don't know. It was weird. Did you tell me that? Yeah, I said that. Then I said, that, oh, there's someone walking up there in a red shirt. She has like long, dark hair. And you were like, oh, really? And so we walked up there and you were like, yeah, there's no one up here. And we were right by the water. She was just like walking on the road. I seen it plain as day. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that kind of stuff that he's talking about, I'm wondering if it's, like, is it, like, Bigfoot? Is it, like, the Or is it, like... Damn, she just dropped the it. fucking W word. Dude. Holy hell. Uh-oh, listener advisory. Uh. Oh, my gosh. Every episode, someone drops it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Solomon. Oh, my God. He's terrified right now. Or is it, like... Um... You know, like, uh, ultra, dim like, different dimensions, kind of, that like a be, glitch, yeah. you know? That's what I always think whenever you, like, see something and it disappears. Yeah. And it's not so much like a apparition. It's more of like a plain as day something, and then it's just gone. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, uh, like the two, you know, like, different universes connecting for a second before bouncing off. Yeah, I'm not sure. So Solomon, was it, um, did he tell you like roughly like how tall it was? Like, did you think it was like a, the hairy guy or? I want to say he thinks it was like the hairy guy. He was pretty sold because once it ran and left him, he was confused. And then he saw his brother in the opposite direction. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I only imagine you know how it went down and how your dad felt mm. so yeah strange okay okay eric wants me to talk about the lights in the sky <laughs> um so i was out camping um camp shed hunting in hell's gate which is a reservation on the reservation for like hunting and it was late at night we were all sitting in this pickup truck this t100 toyota um my cousin Little Bear's on my left. I'm in the middle. Or DeAndre was in the middle, but he had to get out to pee. And I was in the passenger seat. And then DeAndre was gone for like probably 10, 15 minutes. So eventually it was like kind of sus. And he opened the door and he was like, I just woke up. I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I think I fainted out there while I was going to pee. Which was strange because also throughout that whole night he was saying that there was like lights in the sky and if you look up there long enough it's like white bright lights and we're in the middle of the woods there's no people on the other side on the hill at all in front of, behind us and he remembers he remembers when he fell over and got he fainted 
that he thought I was dragging him. And he, like, fell into some rocks, too. So when he woke up, he thought someone was dragging him, and then he was getting there, and then he was just confused about how he got there. I wonder if he saw something that didn't mean to scare him or he like overwhelm him. And then once he passed out, they're like, Oh fuck. And they're like, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, you're okay. Cause I don't think all these things are bad. You know, who knows if those lights in the sky were extraterrestrials and they came down and they, they seen him taking a piss and maybe they had to piss or something. I don't know if they do like pit stops or whatever. And they're both pissing on the same rock. And then they like look up and he, your cousin's just like, what the fuck? And then just out. And the guy's like, oh, no. I can't let him leave like this. And just, like, pulls him out. And is like, hey, 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 wake up. I'm going to bounce, though, so you don't say anything. So he doesn't remember any of that? Like, at all? Like, that time lost? Not necessarily. Not from when he fell asleep. Um, well, felt, like, fainted after peeing. Like, he went on the side of my Jeep. And then he, like, f- fell face down, I can imagine, right into some rocks. Because he did wake up with some head injury, kind of, like, his head hurt a little bit. And then he just came back in the Jeep, or in the truck, and I was like, bro, you got abducted, like. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you were gone for a long time, like, you better not be trying to eat me. Solomon's starting to sound like me. (laughs) I'm brushing up on him, brushing up. Um... How did you feel when he came to you and he had, like, his little head injuries and was, like, um, slightly disoriented or disoriented fully? I thought it was very sus. That is sus. I was like, dude, it's dark out here. No one saw what you were doing. You were gone for a little bit. Yeah. In 15 minutes, that's a, you know, that's a quarter of an hour. So. Wow, thank you for that. That was such a great insight. Our mathematician here figured that out by herself. Imagine that. So how did the rest of the night go then with him? Because was this at like the beginning of the night? And then you still went off and did things or or what? Um, It was kind of towards the end of the night. Like the whole day we were out hiking and we were all exhausted. So we were just in the truck chilling at night and... After that, we did our little thing and then went to sleep. Yeah. That's a no for me. No sleep. So what about the next day? How was he? Did he say anything weird? Was he acting different? Or was it just like uh, another day, like nothing happened? It was really just like another day, like nothing happened. Wow. What an experience for him. I mean, I kept making abduction jokes. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like, you're acting kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> Little do the uh, aliens know you're next. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not putting that out there. But, I mean, I wish it was me. Okay, Cheyenne, when was the last time you got probed? Other than from Solomon. It's been a while. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay, but can we also put out there that when we were um, doing the investigation in the hallway, right after I got attacked by the bat... The timeline is always fucked up. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I have to put this out there. So, one word that came through the spirit talker was walker. 
Oh my Texas God. Texas Ranger? <laughs> yeah. It's giving, well, at first I was like, Shayla and Eric, like, oh my God, this just said Walker. It said Walker. And I'm like, Walker, like last name. And then it just like shook me to the core. I'm like, what? And I almost wanted to say it. <clears throat> yeah, that, yeah. I was the like, SW. there's a word that be, that comes before Walker. Um, epidermis yeah. is the medical. <laughs> yeah. You know. Okay, so we actually here's a new here's a new word we can call him instead of S W. We could call him uh, epidermal ambulator. I'm never gonna remember <laughs> okay. that. Because those are the medical terms for both of those things. The ambulatory epidermis. Yeah, I'm good. I don't think I'm going to call him that either. Okay, well, I am. It's going to be... that one person listening that knows medical knowledge like me, they're going to be so tickled about that. This is niche comedy, people, okay? If you don't know what it is, look it up. So, (laughs) Saul, have you ever seen anything yourself out there while you've been out hunting or anything? Um, yes, I've had one encounter with the big guy. And I was, I don't know, 15, 16. I was shed hunting on this big, like, open hills. And I got down to this one little point where I wanted to, like, peek over and see what's on the other side of this hill. And I get down there. Mind you, I just left my binos with my dad. Foolish mistake. Then I can't see that far. But there's this thing probably, like, 200, 300 yards away from me. And it's standing like a big old black hairy thing. What was the height? It almost looked like anywhere from, I don't know, nine to 10 feet tall. It was a pretty big thing. And I remember looking at it kind of susly because it was like if bears stand up, they sit back down usually. So it was standing there and then it waved. Like both of its arms went like, left and right and like I was trying to get my attention I was like uh I don't like that uh. <laughs> it waved oh my gosh he's like cousin <laughs> no honestly thinking about that now I've never realized maybe he was like waving you down being like hey don't go in this area you know waving you down and being like hey I'm warning you this is maybe not going to be good if you go n- n- past this you know. Well, I mean, I took it as a sign. I turned right around. I went yeah. towards my people instead of further away from them. <laughs> so, in your tribe, what what does the big hairy guy represent? Like, is he something that you're afraid of? Is he a good a good helper, or like what? What do you guys think about him? Um. I personally wouldn't just want to run into him. So I don't know if he's like a bad guy or good guy. But he is scary in the idea of him. Okay. So he's revered. Like, you know, like a grizzly bear in the wild. Not necessarily bad in itself. But if you're in the wrong situation with it, it turns bad for you. Like, it's not an evil thing, but it's, it's also not something to fuck with. Um, and also when I seen him and turned around, after I got up to the top of the hill and got with my dad, I did regret that because if you're going to see him, you might as well go see him. 
Yeah. If you see him once and you run away, you might never see him again. That's true. Yeah. There was a small regret by walking <laughs> away from him. Well, hey, you're out there a lot. You never know. Yeah. Especially talking about him more. You're more open to it now, you feel like. Oh, he's like, Crickets. nah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, if it happens, it happens. Okay. Okay, let me tell you, the last time we went out to his res and we're up in the mountains, I had this man doing wood knocks, okay? I had this man doing wood knocks. I'm here for her. <laughs> See, and that's the support, and I support him. And since we're, I feel like we're all tight with Squatch, I think he would be, you know, he'd be tight with us. So, you know, just saying. I do have something to chime in. Usually you carry your pistol or your Glock. I feel like he doesn't love that. Like the spirits in general, if you're like carrying, because then they feel endangered. I feel like I don't care about that because, and this is not like a disrespectful thing, but something that Shayla always hammers into everyone is that she's more afraid of actual people being there to these places we go. And if we're going to go into an abandoned building and someone's there and wishes to do us harm, I'm going to harm the fuck out of them before they can hurt anyone I'm with. That's valid. Yeah, we don't we don't carry anything. T- I would we would never. None of us would ever. None of us would ever um, do anything like that or like harm. Even if we did see the big hairy guy, I'd be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm not for that. Like people that go out and like hunt um, him and stuff. I'm like, no. He's like a well. He is a big pillar in our tribe. It would be. I would be so honored. <laughs> I know we have trail mix for a reason. <laughs> we have we are here to give him trail mix. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm living for that, honestly. Feed him trail mix, people. Feed him trail mix. But I do get what you're saying. They I feel like yeah, they could be a little uneasy about that. I feel like the last place we went and investigated up in the um Kabul National Forest. Mhm. It was kind of giving me like a Bigfoot vibe until oh. Eric pulled out the pistol. Like, I feel like once he pulled out the pistols, he turned right around. Really? Okay. That, that's the vibes I was getting. Hey, out th- of that. we'll keep that in mind next time we go out together. I never even thought about that. Do you feel like you can pick up on him? Kind of. Like, there's different vibes I feel like he gives off than like wolves or bears. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting that you're able to pick up on him like that. I'm feeling Gansfieldy. I don't know about you guys. I'm feeling Gansfieldy for the big hairy man that wants trail mix. Yeah, I mostly just have that for like physical protection. I know it doesn't do anything to ghosts or probably even extraterrestrials. They probably just goes through them. I don't, I don't know. But where we go, there's usually bears or cougars or, you know, crackheads or something, you know, and that's what I'm, I'm not going to ever be caught lacking. 
everyone knows me, and especially from the podcast, security and safety it just gets me hard. But that is interesting. We'll have to remember that and like pay attention to that next time we do go out. Yeah, because I'm if if we get like a good like a feel and you're feeling something or anyone's feeling something, I can put that stuff away, you know. Yeah. So next time we'll try that. If we go out, if Saul's feeling that, if he says something, we'll just. Yeah, because that makes I never even thought about that to be like. Yeah, because if I see someone with a gun approaching me, my first thought isn't like, oh, that's probably just for his safety when it's in his hand. It's like, yeah, wow, I'm going to get the harmed right now. Someone's harming, harming me. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I like that. This is why I like taking other people on investigations, because I feel like it just hones us as investigators. It makes us better. You know, you just take take what you want and leave what you don't. I like that about it. And now. Ooh, is it time? Yeah. Okay. Well. Now it's time for everyone's new favorite segment, Cryptid Corner. From the unnatural order of the three-eyed skulls, all right? Uh, Last week's was weird. I'm sure they're all fucking weird because this book is full of weirdos. Let's see what we got here. I'm turning the pages. You can hear them. See, listen, this is ASMR. Okay, we got Mr. Sticky. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. We got the stick, Sticky Boy. Uh, this thing is fucking terrifying. Also, date October thirty first, twenty sixteen, Halloween. Holy shit. That's the day it was found. That is like within the past decade. Recent. That's yeah. No, some of these are super recent. Jesus. And uh, Lambton, Ontario. A lot of Canadians having some freaky shit up there. Probably this is the stuff you guys deserve for the residential schools. Um, you know, karma's a bitch, so you get what you give. Uh, this one says, after missing school for three weeks, Amy Warrington, nine years age, brought her pet, Mr. Sticky, to her school's Halloween pet parade. There were no survivors. The Canadian government claims Lampton never existed and the military was never sent there. So it's a town that doesn't exist anymore. And the Canadian military or the Canadian government saying that Lambton never existed after this massacre. Well, Canada says a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Imagine that Canada lying about a massacre. Oh, wow. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Fuck you, Trudeau. Okay. So the the picture, I'm going to, this is what it looks like. Well, of course, we'll post this on Instagram. Um, well, you know, what are we looking at here? We got two lobster eyes, and it's got, looks like uh, four big tangly legs hanging down. And then it looks like it has a, uh, uh, you know that little shop of horrors uh, flower? This is like a mix between that and a, okay, another medical term, a vagina. So pretty terrifying and it's actually where the vagina would be located i'm guessing although this is mister but you know we don't whatever gender it wants to identify as we don't give a fuck do you uh this thing's fucking weird and i'm gonna pass it over to uh shayla and cheyenne to see what they think about it do you see the little shop of horrors puss It's the little puss of horrors. 
Clay just came in the building. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys remember the episode that Clay was on, he is in the studio now just to observe, but I'm sure you'll hear him laughing. Okay, no, so let's all go around and say, yeah, I'm feeling that vibe. Yeah. What, do you, what are I'm we get, getting? I'm getting, I'm getting cooter <laughs> with legs. <laughs> I'm getting bushy with what? Um, what is bu- that? the bushy, um, but I'm getting it with teeth. Oh. Yeah. Your bushy teeth. Yes. Um, <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> with it's almost in a weird way squid-like to me. Yeah, the tentacles. Bushy. Yeah, it's got tentacles and a toothy put a toothy bush how do you feel about that elk daddy it almost looks like a prey mantis with the head and like the long legs but also octopus teeth (laughs) (laughs) we're five years old so these jokes are really funny they're really landing today right (laughs) All right, and as a special treat for everyone, we're going to show it to Clay and let him tell you what he thinks it looks like. Also, he's dressed like a 1920s baseball player today. So, and we love that. Yeah. He's we're a, living. He's a good old Goosebumps walk away over here. Number 32. Definitely seeing a puss. <laughs> And it looks like an angry puss. <laughs> like, and it's been a while for for uh, for Clay, so he's seeing the puss, and he's he's really looking at it. I mean, Ladies, he's single. Yeah, he's gripping these pages. <laughs> Knuckles are turning white. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I see the praying manis too. But yeah, for sure a puss. And I actually now that I'm looking deeper into this puss. Um, Bushy. Yeah. With teeth. The bushy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got a bushy tentacle octopusy, and uh, apparently it didn't exist. So this is a good one. I like this one. I like this little segment we're doing at the end of the show to kind of just do a little lighthearted, especially after heavy episodes like this. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate everyone listening to today's episode. Thank you so much, Solomon, for bringing us. And um, also, we have finally hit a thousand. A thousand listens. Yep. You guys have so. listened to the to our podcast, our episodes, a thousand times. That's if you want to put this into days. If so, if you were gonna see how long that was, that's thirty eight days straight of our fucking voices, <laughs> and you guys listening to it, which is crazy to me, but I love. It's so cool. We never thought we would get here. I mean, and our, our episodes aren't five minutes long, you know? Yeah. So that's that's really rad that you guys are still sticking around. And, uh, yeah, we just really appreciate it. All right, Cheyenne with the socials. All right. If you want to go ahead and send us anything weird, anything bushy, <laughs> um, have any comments for us. Send it to bushypuss. At gmail dot orgasm. Actually, that's a no. (laughs) You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Pair Northwest. You can go ahead and send us all your questions, comments, concerns. Bitches, Um, gripes, moan, complaints. Absolutely. At 
paranorthwestteam at gmail.com. Um, also, if you would go ahead and leave us a review on our podcast, anywhere that you're listening, please do. We so appreciate it. Oh, and also, um, <laughs> since we reached 1,000, we are doing a giveaway. Wooden teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you heard it. The, the wooden toilet teeth, paper that we use. The toilet paper, that? and there's going to be a one-time pressing of a T-shirt. Yeah. And <laughs> you guys are going to like this design. Okay. Yeah, the Rimini Crickets. Yeah, we're doing a Rimini Crickets shirt for our 1,000th play. And, uh, yeah, we're going to give details later on this week on how we're going to do the giveaway and how you can enter to win and all that. And don't forget the signed balls. Oh, yeah. Signed balls, people. You're getting the signed balls from the Gansfield, some toilet paper, wooden teeth, and a Rimini Crickets t-shirt. <laughs> Get Limit. ready to cut your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> the dish. All right, well, thank, thanks for listening again. Uh, my name is Eric. I'm Shayla. And I'm Cheyenne. And I'm Solomon. And don't forget, sleep with your eyes open. Open.